Here at Clinical Pearls, we have a preset, predetermined, pre-approved podcast calendar that we try to pretty faithfully stick to. And that podcast calendar goes out for weeks. But as you know, it's not unusual for us to deviate from that calendar because some new groundbreaking study comes out or the college releases a new practice advisory or a new committee opinion that we just have to cover. Well, something similar to that happened with this podcast episode. See, I was supposed to cover something completely different. But then I received a message from Lizzie, one of our podcast listeners. And she had a great recommendation that I just couldn't pass up. She said, hey, Dr. Trapa, can you cover acetaminophen use in pregnancy and its potential link to autism? Yep, Tylenol. I mean, are we doing more harm than good to these children during pregnancy? Well, there's an answer for it. So in this episode, we're going to deviate from our podcast calendar because I can't pass that up. We're going to cover acetaminophen use in pregnancy and go over some very specific details. And I'm going to tell you what those details are coming up next. Our goal is to keep everyone up to date in practicing evidence-based medicine because medicine moves real fast. This is Clinical Pearls. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Attention deficit hyperactivity disorder is marked by a pattern of hyperactivity and impulse behavior. Autism spectrum disorder is a complex developmental disorder that affects how a person behaves, interacts with others, and even learns. Experts are struggling to understand why autism is one of the fastest growing developmental disorders in the U.S. It affects one in every 44 eight-year-old children. The incidence of both attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and autism is on the rise. Does acetaminophen use in pregnancy increase the risk of these neurodevelopmental conditions? Some attorneys online would have you convinced that the science is unequivocal. Well, are they right? Well, in this episode, we're going to review three main publications which have received national and international attention on this topic. These highlight the important distinction between a clinical association and actual causation. We're also going to summarize the rebuttals from the ACOG, the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine, and even the Society of Obstetrics and Gynecology from Canada. Acetaminophen, or paracetamol as it's known outside the U.S., is the analgesic and antipyretic medication that's most commonly used during pregnancy. According to published estimates, around 65% of the U.S. and greater than 50% of European women take acetaminophen during pregnancy. Observational studies looking at neurodevelopmental effects of acetaminophen use in pregnancy go back many years, prompting the FDA to study these reports and issue a statement in 2015 as a public safety response. 
the FDA back then, remember in 2015, actually concluded way back then that, quote, the FDA has determined that these types of studies are too limited to make any clinical recommendations, end quote. The FDA explained what it meant by, quote, too limited, end quote, to make any recommendations for clinical use. They said the studies were so varied in their design and were of so poor quality that it really had no clinical bearing. But remember, this was in 2015, but it didn't stop there. The first study that we're going to highlight comes out of 2018. In this 2018 study, which was published in August in the journal American Journal of Epidemiology, researchers did a meta-analysis of seven studies involving over 132 pairs of mothers and children. The systematic review was conducted using Medline, Embase, and Cochrane databases up to January 2017 to identify all published randomized controlled trials, cohort studies, and case control studies that looked at an association between acetaminophen exposure during pregnancy and the subsequent development of attention deficit or autism spectrum in the offspring. Now, despite the tight scientific design, the final report included studies that were all observational in design. They used 17 studies for this meta-analysis. In all of these studies, people were followed for periods ranging from 3 to 11 years, and depending on the study, used questionnaires, interviews, or self-reports on medication use during pregnancy. The analysis of the available evidence indicated that acetaminophen exposure during pregnancy could be associated with as much as a 20 to 30% increase in the risk for future neurodevelopmental disorders. Now that's frightening, isn't it? But wait, the authors had a cautionary note for the interpretation of their own study. According to the authors, quote, results should be interpreted with caution because there was evidence of heterogeneity between study estimates of the outcome. In addition, given that all the included studies were of observational design, the results are susceptible to potential confounding factors, most notably confounding by indication, as well as potential misclassification of exposure of outcome, end quote. While there were other studies before this 2018 one, I wanted to focus on more recent studies and the ones that really shook things up that were more landmark compared to smaller studies. But remember, I told you that there was going to be three. That was the first one. The second one actually comes in 2019. This study was published in JAMA Psychiatry, and it also raised the alarm signal. This study was conducted by Wong, MD, of Johns Hopkins University out of their School of Public Health. These researchers analyzed data from the Boston Birth Cohort. This was a long-term study of factors influencing pregnancy and child development. They collected umbilical cord blood from 996 births and measured the amount of acetaminophen and two of its byproducts in each sample. Remember, this was done at time of birth. By the time the children were at an average of 8.9 years, 25% had been diagnosed with attention deficit, while 6% had been diagnosed with autism spectrum. 4% had been diagnosed with both conditions. All right, so let's stop there for a minute. Remember, they've got cord blood at delivery, looking for acetaminophen and its breakdown products, and then looking at an average of 8.9 years later. And that's it. Nothing else in the middle, nothing about environment, nothing about familial issues, nothing else about diet, just those two things. 
Well, they found that those that were in the middle to the upper third range of byproduct of Tylenol were actually at increased risk for both attention deficit and autism spectrum. But this study raises a lot of questions. First of all, this was done at time of delivery. So where was this medication taken? Was it done intrapartum? Did these patients have intrapartum fever? But more importantly, what happened from that birth collected sample up to that 8.9 year average? There's a lot of factors in there that weren't taken into account. But nonetheless, that paper received a lot of international press blaming Tylenol for autism and ADHD. Everybody good? So we've covered 2018, 2019, and that brings us to 2021. A paper in the journal Nature Reviews Endocrinology published a consensus document from an independent group of researchers, scientists, and physicians. This was not endorsed by any sponsored organization, medical society, or governmental entity. All right, spoiler alert, this is the one that really got ACOG all riled up, and this is the one that ACOG released a rebuttal to. But in this 2021 independent consensus statement, here's what these researchers and scientists and physicians said. Quote, we recommend that pregnant women be cautioned at the beginning of pregnancy to forego acetaminophen unless its use is medically indicated. They should also consult with a physician or pharmacist if they are uncertain whether use is indicated and before using this medication on a long-term basis. They should also minimize exposure by using the lowest effective dose for the shortest possible time, end quote. Now, for some reason, that made international news. Meanwhile, ACOG, now I'm going to tell you exactly what they said, but let me give you the CHOPPA synopsis. Uh, duh. Of course, patients should be counseled on the use of medication in pregnancy. And of course, they should use the lowest dose for the shortest amount of time. And of course, they should consult with their physician or healthcare provider. None of that was groundbreaking information. But boy, did the media pick up this commentary and they went to town. Well, the attorneys also got wind of this, and yep, they're running with that as well. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Meanwhile, medical experts had a huge problem with that statement and with that consensus opinion. First of all, neurodevelopmental disorders in particular are multifactorial and difficult to associate with any singular cause. Well, that made ACOG get on fire. In September 2021, ACOG issued a response to that international consensus statement. ACOG responded to this document and pointed out that the studies used in their review were all observational in design and that there was no evidence of causation between careful use of acetaminophen and disorders of fetal development, generally characterized as a multifactorial etiology. 
ACOG also points out a big limitation on the data used by these researchers to develop that consensus statement. ACOG points out that brain development in the child continues beyond a year of age, which was a big focus of that research panel, and that multiple other exposures could be relevant beyond just pain medication during pregnancy, in other words, the indication for use. ACOG also recognized the importance of using medications in pregnancy only as needed and also noted that acetaminophen was considered one of the safest pain relievers to be used in pregnancy. All right, enough of my summary. Here's the actual ACOG rebuttal. Quote, this consensus statement and studies that have been conducted in the past show no clear evidence that proves a direct relationship between the prudent use of acetaminophen during any trimester and fetal developmental issues. The authors are not recommending anything counter to what is already done by practicing obstetricians gynecologists when prescribing acetaminophen for a given clinical condition. End quote. And lastly, here's one of the closing remarks from ACOG's rebuttal about that consensus statement, and it's a pretty good one and one of your clinical pearls. Quote, Most importantly, patients should not be frightened away from the many benefits of acetaminophen use in pregnancy. End quote. Now, to be honest, ACOG was not the first one to go on this bandwagon that this is okay and we can't leave our pregnant patients to suffer with their fever or with pain. After all, there's so much data on acetaminophen and its overall safety and no other alerts have been raised that ACOG really was pretty much on fire about these recent studies. But this can actually go back to 2017 when the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine had a similar response. Remember we talked about the FDA review that happened back in 2015? Well, in 2017, SMFM released a statement as well. That's called, quote, prenatal acetaminophen use and outcome in children, end quote. This is available free online. That rebuttal was released as a response to retrospective reports that had been published since the FDA released their review. In that 2017 SMFM rebuttal, they stated, quote, Based on our evaluation of these studies, we believe that the weight of evidence is inconclusive regarding a possible causal relationship between acetaminophen use and neurobehavioral disorders in the offspring. As with all medication use in pregnancy, communication regarding the risks versus benefits of prescription and even over-the-counter medications should occur between patient and provider. SMFM continues to advise that acetaminophen be considered a reasonable and appropriate medication choice for the treatment of pain and or fever during pregnancy, end quote. But this is not just the American response. The SOGC, which is the Society of Obstetricians and Gynecologists from Canada, also responded to these studies in 2021. They stated, quote, The benefits of acetaminophen for fever or pain in pregnancy are well recognized, as is the lack of safer alternatives in pregnancy. Untreated fever has been associated with miscarriage, fetal organ malformations, fetal cardiovascular complications, and even autism spectrum disorder. Untreated pain can lead to depression, anxiety, and high blood pressure, which also have adverse effects on pregnancy. Access to effective pain management is considered a basic human right, which women should not be denied just because they are pregnant. 
They go on to say that these studies should not promote unwarranted fear and guilt in pregnant women. Women should be encouraged to discuss any concerns regarding therapeutics in pregnancy with their healthcare provider. End quote. You know, it's kind of strange that we do have the FDA response, ACOG, SMFM, SOGC, but yet these studies still seem to be coming out. The latest one was published in 2022 in an online open access medical site called Curious. That's C-U-R-E-U-S. This was a systematic review of the link between autism spectrum disorder and acetaminophen, and they call it a mystery to resolve. Again, mainly observational in nature, and the results are the same from the previous study back in 2018, about a 20 to 30% higher risk for autism spectrum disorder and attention deficit. But again, a lot of factors are missing from this publication, and a lot of potential co-founders are not addressed. Now, here's what I mean. A lot of these observational studies can't separate the indication for use of acetaminophen during pregnancy. I mean, was it for migraine, regular headache? Was it for aches and pains or maternal fever? Maternal fever is a big confounder since that by itself is another association with autism spectrum disorder in and of itself. Let me stop right there and reassure everyone just for a moment. No, it does not mean that if your patient is pregnant and has an antepartum or a prenatal fever, that that child is automatically, without a doubt, going to have autism spectrum. That's not the case at all. It's just one additional factor that may increase risk. And it's also dependent on timing, with most associations being highest in the first and second trimester and actually quite low in the third trimester. But it's not just fever by itself either. And that raises this whole issue of limitations for these studies because there's so many variables that go into these neurodevelopmental outcomes. Here's what the data show. Pregnant women who are exposed not just to a single, but to multiple risk factors and who have a genetic predisposition may increase their risk of having a child with autism spectrum disorder. And of course, it's deeper than that. It's not just biological because we cannot separate the sociocultural impact or in other words, the environmental influences that may also go in into the development of autism spectrum or attention deficit hyperactivity. As we get ready to wrap this up, I'm going to leave you with the clinical pearl from the college and the SMFM. It all comes down to this. Both neurodevelopmental issues of ADHD and autism spectrum likely stem from many different factors so that their true cause is poorly understood. But regarding specifically autism spectrum, although genetic susceptibilities are recognized, the mechanism of disease development is completely unknown and does not follow a clear pattern of inheritance. This suggests possible mediation by additional unknown biological or environmental factors. Both common and rare genetic risk factors have been identified with more than 400 diverse genes now linked to autism spectrum disorder. And we're learning a lot about autism spectrum disorder. For example, we now know that up to 20% of individuals with autism spectrum may possess copy number variants and de novo loss of function single nucleotide variants that individually mean very little. And most people who have them are completely asymptomatic. But with the right combination under the right environmental influence may significantly increase the risk of autism spectrum. 
Despite the studies highlighted here, many studies have demonstrated no correlation between acetaminophen exposure and these neurodevelopmental disorders. Those that did were limited by factors like patient self-reporting and residual confounding, and additional factors that could have affected the study could not be adequately considered or addressed. So let's bring it home. Here's your last clinical pearl. So, acetaminophen use in pregnancy, safe? Well, when used correctly and sporadically at the typical dosages, acetaminophen or Tylenol is considered very safe in pregnancy and women should not be worried. Compared with other over-the-counter pain relievers, acetaminophen is considered the safest pain medicine one can take during pregnancy. Nonetheless, it's important to remind patients not to take more than 3,000 milligrams of acetaminophen every 24 hours and to try to limit overall exposure. For regular strength Tylenol, that's the equivalent of two tablets at 325 milligrams per tablet every four to six hours. And always remember to have them take a look at other medications that they may be using since there may be acetaminophen in that as well. Taking a look at these other products like cold, cough, or flu medications that are available over the counter may help reduce a patient's overall exposure of acetaminophen. Well, Lizzie, there you go. It was a great podcast recommendation. And in true form, I've totally derailed my podcast calendar. But that's okay, because this was such a practical, such a necessary topic that we had to get this out quickly. Because your patients are going to ask about Tylenol use in pregnancy. Mine do. And it's our job to present all of the evidence. We can't hide this data about neurodevelopmental issues, no matter how limited and poor quality they are. Because they're going to find them online. However, that's part of shared decision-making. And remember that according to the college and SMFM, when taken correctly at the appropriate dosages and for the shortest duration possible, it seems to be very safe. And if there is a causal link between acetaminophen and neurodevelopmental issues in the child, it's with chronic, high-dose, long-term exposures. Well, again, this podcast takes information up to September 2022. So if next week we find out that acetaminophen use in pregnancy causes children to grow a third eyeball, well, I'm going to have to eat this one and I'll issue an update. Thanks for being part of our podcast family and I'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls. 